Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and God bless you. So glad to be here with you this morning. Um, first off, let me <laughs> just apologize to anybody who tried to get on the line and couldn't. I was actually searching all over my uh, bedroom for my home phone. I like to call in on my home phone because sometimes the reception and um, with my cell phone, it just drops. So I like to call in uh, on my home phone, and I could not find it. Well, it's already loud as you, you know, I don't know if you guys still have a home phone, but it's loud as for it to be ringing at 6.30 in the morning. And it's even louder because it's a brand new one, and I couldn't find it. So I had to call my um, phone for my cell phone, and it rang and rang and rang, and guess where it was? In my purse. Now, I made sure, I made sure, guys, I absolutely made sure that um, last night I put it next to, um, you know, my little nightstand where I have everything to make sure that um, everything was ready for this morning. And 
then uh, <laughs> you would have believed that um, I found it in my purse. Or maybe you would. Maybe you would if you, if you have children and you're working or what have you and you're just tired. Maybe maybe, maybe you would. But um, anyway, thank you so much for uh, bearing with me and thank you so much for um, deciding to join Subline today. Um, I want to share something with you more than I want to um, break scripture down. Um, I know when you usually get on here, I'm mostly teaching, and I think I'm always going to be that way, but I want to make sure that um, I at least um, share this with you. I want to talk about how to deal with your Saul. I don't know if everybody knows who Saul is. Make no mistake about it, Saul loved God. When you read um when you read the word of God you see that he even in his um drunken place, so to speak, he was so open um to God. For instance, when he went looking to kill David and he came before uh, you know, Samuel um, stripped naked and laid before Samuel as if he was one of the prophets in the school of prophets. He was just, although he was a mess, he still had a lot of love for God. And it's possible for us to be a mess and have a lot of love for God and still love ourselves more than anything else. Um, it does happen. And um, there are ways that we become corrected. There are ways that um, God allows us to experience some type of uh, humble, uh, you know, it's a humiliating experience, but it's a humble um, experience. When we talk about him, we usually talk about him, you know, being a bad king. And um, doing this and doing that, and he and he he wasn't the greatest king, but he only became a bad king when he decided to put himself, put what he desired, what God desired of him, and he knew differently. That's the thing. A lot of people do that. They put what they desire above what God desires, and we may see them get away with a whole lot, but it's because they know. It's because we know differently. They're not exposed to this light that we're exposed to. And whatever light you're exposed to, you're accountable. That means whatever knowledge that you have and you don't apply it, you don't use it, you're held accountable for that light. You're held accountable for not using it the same way you're rewarded for using it. We love to talk about the blessings and and different things that happen when we do what we're supposed to do. But we never like to talk about what happens when we do what we know we're not supposed to do, okay? Because that's where we really get into trouble. It's like a kid um, putting their hand in the cookie jar, and you don't tell them they can only have two cookies, and they come out and, you know, they're eating five. Why are you eating five cookies? You're only five years old. Well, I didn't know I couldn't have five cookies. You didn't tell me I couldn't have five cookies. You can't you can't reprimand them 
But if you tell them all the time, you ask you can go in the cookie drawer after you do your homework and this, that, and the other, and you, you can only have two, you know, today. And if you drink, you know, if you drink an extra bottle of water, then maybe you can have uh, three, you know. But the rule is always two. And um, they come out with five cookies. That's when you reprimand them. So it's important that we know that uh, we don't we don't get reprimanded for the things we don't do. We are reprimanded uh, that we that we don't know rather. We are reprimanded for the things we know to do and still choose not to do. And that was Saul's issue. He was reprimanded uh, for doing what he knew um, not to do. And the difference between him and David is that because David do, did stuff he 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 knew better to do. He he knew different to do as well. But Saul had to go through so much in order to repent. And he didn't really repent. When you look at the scripture, you'll see that he wasn't really um, remorseful. He wasn't really trying to change his mind. That's what repent means. Repent means to be remorseful of your uh, infraction in a relationship with God and to change your mind about how you see things. It's just like being in a relationship um, with your companion, and they say, you know, what you said back there hurt me, and you think it's just a joke, and you never meant it that way. Or maybe you did mean it that way, but you didn't mean for it to cut that deep. Or maybe it just is what it is. Maybe you said it, you meant what you said, and you meant for it to cut that deep. But when somebody that you love tells you, you know, that hurt me, and, I, and then even if, um, you know, you're just trying to get your point across, the fact that, that, they, that you hurt them and you see that they're really touched in their heart by what you said, you're going to try and make some changes. You're going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. This is what I meant to express. And then when you think about it, when you take a moment to think about it in your mind, you're going to make some changes in your mind so that you don't do that again. I'm going to keep this in my mind so I know not to say this. I know not to hurt him. Now, Saul was a type, you know, of of a cruel companion. I'm going to keep this in my mind so I know uh, how to get him when I'm getting this good. This is going to be my way of... Um, digging a little deeper, you know, those kinds of things. So we have two different dynamics. Both of both 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 Saul and David, both of them um, did the same things, but um, one was remorseful or repentful and willing to change. The other one was not. And um, after a while, not too long after, God decided that He was going to anoint another king while Saul was in practice. So Saul is already king, and God, the ultimate king, decides, I'm going to anoint somebody else in the middle of Saul's reign. And Saul knows about it. He he knows that there has been another king anointed. Now, it's just a matter of time before he's out of place or um, no longer allowed to reign. It's just a matter of time. So he's doing everything he possibly can um, to 
you know, tear up the place, if you want to say, before he goes down. And it's just like the enemy. He already knows that he's defeated. But he's doing everything he can to tear you apart before he goes down and before you get up. The whole point is to cause so many distractions in your life, so many uh, through, through hurts, through pains. She said this and he did that and they didn't do this for me. And, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, some of this stuff is so painful. You know, rape is painful, molestation is um, uh, uh, painful. Um, you know, divorce and them finding out that they used you for your money or, you know, your authorization for a green card. It, it's painful. All these kinds of things are painful. Watching your mother, you know, die in front of you or never having a father there. All these types of things are very, very painful. But we can't allow them to distract us to the point that we never do something about what was done to us. Read my book, Hard Work is Hard Work. You know that I'm always talking about doing something about what was done to us and not in a negative way. It's that you got to make sure that you keep building and that you keep going because when you fulfill your purpose, it's going to help ease that pain until that until you're made whole. And I know I mentioned, you know, a mother dying and a father not being there, but our God is our ultimately our mother and our father. And though I, I cannot imagine losing a parent, um, my God, but um, there has to be an answer in him for that because this is what you allowed to happen. So there has to be an answer in God for even that deep pain. It's important to seek him for it. But uh, back to Saul and uh, David. So um, David was, an, um, you know, a nice guy, young kid, and um, he did things wisely. It always shows that when David was before Saul and, and Saul's men, he behaved wisely. Um, and I believe that the same way Saul knew who David was, David knew who Saul was at heart. So he made sure to behave wisely in the company of others. And the funny thing is you can always try and um, minute yourself or, you know what, I know they're going to be a little bit jealous over what I'm doing and how I'm doing, so I'm going to just tone it down and I'm going to just keep quiet. But every whenever David, uh, quote, unquote, behaved wisely, it pointed him out to everybody. It pointed him out to the soldiers. It pointed him out to the company that they were in, and it certainly pointed him out to Saul. And um, he was praised for it. Every little thing he did, he was praised for it. And sometimes that's what that's what happens when the anointing is on you. And the anointing simply means that you've been selected, you've been chosen for a particular work, and it, and and everybody knows it. It can't be hidden when you speak. You sound like you're the right one. When you when they see you, you look like you're the right one. When um, you know they watch you do what it is that you do when you're in action, do things like you're the right one for the job. And there's no way to get away from that. So I want to tell you that um, <laughs> it's almost like if you dummy down, if you dumb down to satisfy others. 
it's only going to bring the same attention as if we never did it in the first place. So be authentic to you no matter what. Be you. Be your original you. They're going to be mad whether you're you or they're going to be mad whether you're not you. But whatever you do, be you by all means. Be who God made you to be. And so, um, you know, uh, David was also a warrior. David was a killer. He was a shepherd before he became king, and he fought lions and bears, okay? He knew what it was like to be in the death death grip, um, and he was delivered every time. So he wasn't scared of anything. The only, the only one he showed reference to was God. But other than that, he wasn't he wasn't scared of anything nor anybody. He did um, have reverence for Saul, or he did respect Saul, and therefore he wouldn't kill Saul. He wouldn't put his mouth on Saul. He was just in a place where this is the one who's in charge, and this is, I'm going to respect him. And that is another reason why he uh, was chosen to be king. Uh, personally, I can't say that I have that same strength. Um, it's not that I become disrespectful, but um, I do get a little indignant. You know, I'm upset, especially if I'm doing all that I can to uh, love you and support you and, and, and you receive that as a threat. It's an insecurity issue within Saul. It's not an issue within you. I have learned to let people be people. If they're insecure, let them be insecure, but you don't have to be drawn into their game. Because all it does is distract you from what you're supposed to be doing, and in turn, it fuels their fire. It makes them satisfied. And one thing about me, I really love it when people become who they're supposed to be. So I'm not interested at all in giving you a false sense of satisfaction over my indignance or over my disrespect or over my, um, you know, Becoming upset, I would prefer that you deal with it head on and that you go um, about your way. Uh, as I was saying, uh, Saul was a warrior, and he killed so many people on the battlefield that it was hard to overlook. So, again, he looked like the right person. He sounded, he behaved like the right person, and he moved like the right person. And whenever they would come off the battlefield, they would say, Saul killed a 1,000, but David killed 10,000. Now, here it is. You have nothing to do with what people say about you. You have nothing to do with how people treat you. You have nothing to do with um, your ability to kill 10,000 in an hour versus another person's inability, okay, to kill 10,000, if you want to say, in an hour. Um and it wasn't an hour. I'm not implying that they, it was just an hour. On the battlefield, I'm just noting the comparison. People, people who are insecure always compare. They always compare. Always, always, always. How can you be on the same team fighting for the same cause and you always compare what you don't have to what somebody else has? If you find yourself doing that, you want to be careful because it can move you into a state of insecurity where you become a Saul and that other one is exalted as a David. 
and then um, there are deeper issues, you know, with that. So you want to be careful and make sure that you're not um, allowing yourself to be a stall. And, um, you know, you can play this call back over and kind of point out whatever uh, discrepancies or whatever um, specific points there are regarding David and regarding Saul. I'm getting ready to reference David more than Saul, but I just want to break some things uh, down first. And um, as I was saying, that, you know, he always killed more than um, Saul, but he was in Saul's army, and they were fighting against enemies of Israel. And this is why I say we have to be very careful to not consider each other as enemies. We may There may be people under the influence of the enemy. There may be people uh, who are possessed by the enemy, but we are not each other's enemy. We only have one enemy. And if you know that a brother or sister is under the influence of under the an evil influence, it is our job to pray for them and to make sure that they come out of that influence. Because guess what? There is a hurt there that the enemy used to trick that person into allowing themselves to be used by him. And more than likely, since you see it, the hurt is probably the same hurt that you got over. Everybody's story is connected in one way or another. There is nothing new under the sun. The Bible is the greatest soap opera ever written, and I'm not uh, disrespecting it in any way. I'm just telling you that everything that that we're watching now has already been done a long time ago within one group of people, or rather within a select group of people. So when we see our brothers and sisters overtaken or possessed by an evil, it's important that we pray for them and that we not mistreat them because they're under the influence. Because in time, uh, as God has his way, they're going to come out. And guess what they're going to remember? They're going to remember how you made them feel. They're going to remember how you treated them. So whether it be good or bad, so it's important that we make sure Uh, that we uh, treat each other with loving kindness, even if it's not reciprocated. Along with them remembering, God, write that down in your account. Right? We all have a good deeds account. It's not the thing um, that sustains the relationship between us and Jehovah God now. No, it's not. But it is the seed that we sow that has to be returned unto us, okay? And there is a good deeds account the same way there is a bad uh, deeds account. And it's important. The only difference is when we repent and we change our ways, we can get rid of the debt um, owed to those bad deeds. And don't get me wrong, we are um, paid free in their soul by the blood of Jesus, meaning that we are not um, subject to death and punishment, uh, but we are subject to correction if we don't repent. So it's best that we repent so we can wipe that off of our uh, uh, record and we don't have to be corrected or learn 
how to be corrected uh, from that because that learning is, isn't always so great. It's going to feel like punishment, to be quite honest. It's not punishment, but it's going to feel like punishment, and that's not what you want. So the people praised David. He was um, a kind man. He was um, a good-looking man. He was, you know, a wise man, and he was a killer, okay? They just loved him. He was a soft thug. I don't know what you want to call it, but, he, you know, he, he was just the kind of guy you want, you know, sweet to me, but a thug when he needs to be, you know. Uh, some people, you know, uh, want that. So um, Paul was upset about that, but what really started Saul on this down spiral of trying to kill his um, uh, um, the next in line was once he saw how the people were giving David more praise than they were giving him. He was okay with David behaving wisely and people looking at him rubbed in the wrong way, but okay, I can deal with that. All right, so they gave him a little clout. Okay, but once the people he had fought for all this time and reigned over all this time and done his best for, even though he was failing, once they started giving more praise to um, uh, David, they were upset. He was upset, rather, excuse me. He became upset. And there's only one influence who wants glory like that, who wants more praise and more glory than God, and that is the devil. He is the one who, I, I want it. He told Jesus, if you if you, if you worship me in the wilderness, he told Jesus, if you worship me, I'm going to give you A, B, C, and D. And then in time, he said, just worship, because he just wanted to be in the presence so that he could feel like the glory was coming to him, even though it wasn't. And another thing, uh, Saul saw that the Lord was with David. He saw that the boy was anointed, that he had been called out, that he had been separated for a certain work, for a certain person, for a certain time. All, all this, he saw all of this. And his, his, he hated it because he wasn't getting it. And that's what we have to be mindful of. We have taken the enemy's place. Before he was an enemy, he wasn't, okay? He was God's, if you want to say, pal or buddy. And make no mistake about it, this entire program, this entire story from start to finish was written by God, and he already knew what was going to happen. So when he, but, you know, and people say, well, this feels like a game. Why would God draw us into the into a middle of a fight the same way he went out there and had Samuel anoint David? And now you're going to draw us into a fight. You're going to make me born into a world that is so different from where I am originally from. And then you're going to tell me, you don't know anything about me, but if you don't choose me, you're going to hell. It's so unfair. But I tell you this. It is no different than a mother giving birth to a baby. I didn't know you didn't ask here, ask to be here, but look at the lengths I've gone to show you that I love you. 
I want to show you these scars. I'm going to show you these stretch marks. <laughs> I'm thinking about Cat Williams. Uh, if you ever watch this comedy show, he talks about us showing the kids our uh, war marks of having to get him there, to get them here. Uh, we, we we go on and we show every um, detail of how far we went. Why? Because we want our children to know just how much we love them. They can't possibly imagine because the love that's in our hearts for them, there's no cap on it. But I need you to know how far I went just to let you know I love you. And that's what life is about. That's what us being here is about. That's what us having to go through things um, and experiencing hurts and pains and still coming back to choose, you know, God over everything. It says that I get it. All right, all right, Dad. All right, Mom, I get it. This is how far you've gone to show me that you love me, and this is how far I'm willing to go to show you that I love you. That's what our life is about. That's what our life is about. God is saying, look, yes, I know I brought you into the into a fight that you didn't ask for, but I want you to look at how far, I, you know, I went. I changed myself into a man and stepped into a womb and was birthed out and made myself subject to the rule of, of, of mortals of Mary and Joseph so that you would know that I not only love you, but I love you so much that I understand where you come from. I understand where you come from and the pangs of growing up. And I not only not only will I live for you, but I'll die for you. And I'll go and fight this enemy who's trying to keep you distracted, who's trying to make your destination his destination. I love you. That's, that's how far I'm willing to go. So, um, um, as I was saying, and if you can't tell, I got a bit of a cold. I, I don't have a cold. It's these allergies. The pollen burned my throat yesterday, and it stuffed up my nose. And I'm getting ready to take some deer tech after I eat some breakfast. But uh, anyway, that that's what all the nasalness is about. Sorry about that. But uh, God goes far to show us that we love him. And like um, a mother... And we come down on Asian parents for this because Asian parents are known for their children. You love me, do right by me. Whereas most, you know, some American parents are just, if you love me, you know, you're going to say it, you're going to spend time with me, you're going to cuddle with me. Asian parents are like, bump that. You, it, it, you see it a lot in um, African parents as well. We're, I want all straight A's. You're going to practice this. You're going to become this. You're going to do this. And I think all parents are right. I think um, um, parents who, if you love me, spend time with me. Let's talk. Respect me. Let's, you know, cuddle. I think that's appropriate. And I also think that if you love me, you won't disappoint me. You're going to get your work done, this, that, and the other. This is why, you know, we do come down uh, or correct, rather, our children to to understand you can't do this and possibly and say that you love me. Not under and and then there are gonna be times where they have to go through their own experience to see how much God loves them, that they love themselves and then they can really return. That's why, you know, as children it works. As teenagers it doesn't work. And then when they become adults then they come back and they're like, Mom, Dad, you were right and what else can I give you? I can't give you enough, you know. 
and then you're gone. And then, you know, they, they burn for, not, not burn literally, but that fire for you is always in their heart, and that's the way it should be because you went through everything, you know. But um, anyway, uh, back to David and Saul. So uh, he didn't like, Saul didn't like the fact that David was getting the praise that he wasn't. It was okay for him to be acknowledged. But the moment that he got the praise that Saul felt he wanted and he deserved, that's when he sought to kill David. And he went through extreme measures, okay, to kill David. David never killed uh, Saul. He never placed a hand on him. Saul threw spears at David to try and kill him. Um, He would be in pursuit with his army to try and kill David. He did all kinds of things to discourage David. Um, And it's crazy because whenever he was confronted by David, and David was like, why are you doing this to me? I never did anything. He would be like, oh, my God, you're right, you didn't do anything. And he would be remorseful for that moment. And then after a while, he started thinking about it because they were still talking about how good David was, and he'd be ready to kill him again. So he had this love-hate relationship, love to hate, hate to see you coming, but love to see you going, and and no pen intended. That is really the way that he was because every time you come around, you take my praise, and every time you go, I don't have to hear about you so much. But then it came to the place where the people started to understand that King David was going was here to replace King Saul and then it became a very big all out um, assignment to kill David. So what kept David in the safe place? That is the that is, you know, the question. The things that kept David in a place where they would they would be on one side of the mountain coming to kill David, David would be on the other side and he would escape you know, by the skin of his teeth, all those kinds of things. And um, it's just amazing to me how although God gave you an assignment, you have to maintain the the, the character. If he gave you, if he called you to be a certain person, you have to maintain the character of who he called you to be. If he called you to do a certain thing, you have to maintain character within what you're doing in order to continually not be like your hater. The moment you start to engage with your hater, you become just as low as they are. And if you don't want to do that. You don't want to be a hater. You don't want to be considered <clears throat> excuse me, a hater. So um, I want to tell you this. David, he made sure to remove himself whenever Saul tried to kill him. He did not take everything. That is what I'm saying. He didn't take everything that was just his way from Saul. But what he did do is he made sure that he respected him. So because he was under his authority, um, here's some character, a key's character. Because you're, you're, you're Saul, maybe you're boss. You're Saul, I hate to say it, maybe your husband or your wife. Your soul may be your child. Your soul may be your mother or your father. Your soul may be anybody who is um, over you, okay? Anybody 
who is over you, anybody who has an authority um, over you, or anybody who is close to you. And we don't like to think of people that way, but Saul and David were very close, so close that they're, they're, his, Saul's son, Jonathan, was his best friend. And Jonathan loved David as his own as his own soul. It's like when we say, when you see me, when you see her, that's me right there. That's how much he loved David. When you saw David, it was like seeing Jonathan. When you see, that's how much I loved. Uh, that's how much I love this person. Um, and here are a few things that um, you have to do or some pointers to take from David in order to keep your character. Because when you keep your character, you keep the calling. You keep the blessing. Saul was losing the calling, and he was he, he, he was losing the call. He lost the calling and lost the blessing because he didn't maintain character. David did. David made sure he behaved himself wisely. He didn't get out there and talk behind his back. Let me tell you, or so-and-so, is she mad or he mad because I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And it was none of that, okay? He did what he had always done for Saul from start to finish. Saul had an evil spirit placed upon him by God, and I don't even want to get into that, but there was an evil spirit placed upon Saul or sent to a... a, a Mess with Saul by God. God sent it to agitate Saul, to irritate him, to, you know, um, make him, in, uh, 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 to torment him. And the only person who could calm that thing down was David when he played the harp. And this is a um, side note. This is why music is so important. The music we listen to is so important. Every bit of music is spiritual. I don't care if classical. I don't care if it's, um, you know, uh, rap. R&B, hip-hop, whatever, it is spiritual. And you have to ask. you got to be wise about what you listen to because if you're not strong enough to uh, keep, if you want to say, that spirit of influence out of your spiritual gates, sometimes it can take over. Think about how you feel or how you felt when you listened to Little Kim's first album, okay? Because I know how I felt when I listened to Little Kim's first album. And I loved that album so much, I was hiding my Walkman in my jacket and putting on my headphones, and I made my braids real, real long just so I could listen to her from class to class. Now, I didn't feel like being harsh, but I did feel like I was that you-know-what. So it makes you feel, think think about how you felt when uh, you plopped in Mob Deep. Or, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm an old school, I grew up on rap and, you know, what have you. So <clears throat> I'm making reference to that. But I also loved alternative music. Think about how you felt when you first heard stuff like Teen Spirit or Black Hole Sun. Think that all of those things have spiritual influences, and it's important that we be careful. David played the harp, and in, in the evil um, spirit that was placed upon um, David got off him. God created a need for David, and David made sure that he fulfilled that need from start to finish, okay? Um, David accepted any reassignments from Saul. If 
whenever um, there was too much praise, David would, uh, I mean, Saul would um, put David on a different assignment. Or, and, and it would always be a sign, an assignment that made him uh, further away, made him be further away from Saul and the rest of the people. Okay, an assignment that would throw him into traps. And he still remains David. He, he, although Saul was uh, casting him away and um, reassigning him to cast him away, he remained David, coming and going before the people and coming and going before Saul and coming and going before the enemies of Israel. He remained David from start to finish. I came here to do my job. I'm going to do my job in spite of what you're trying to not, what you're trying to do. Um, whenever he was offered anything by anyone, uh, David took it out. Whenever he was offered anything or anyone by Saul, um, David took it as a privilege and an honor. You know, Saul wanted to um, keep him busy, so he gave David his daughter. Let me let me put this joker over here. You know, if he's quote unquote getting it in, maybe he won't be so apt. You know, to have all of this experience or have all of um, this 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 uh, praise. And David knew. He knew what he was trying to do when he gave him his daughter as a wife. But he took her, and he loved her, and he took care of her, and he did not reject uh, Saul by rejecting his gift or his assignment, okay? He was um, wise with with spies, okay? Those who were hating, those who hate on your hater, it's easy to click up with them and say, oh, you know what, uh, now I understand why, because um let me tell you what they did to me. It's easy to pick up like that. But in, instead, David um, always implicated honor, humility, and privileges, and, and, and privilege in his responses to Saul's servants. And he always made sure um, that he honored Saul even when his back was turned. Okay? Uh, David completed everything. Every task that he was given, he not only accepted the task and the and the reassignment and the being outcasted, but he made sure that he did the job, that he completed everything successfully. That means he wasn't like, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead and bake this cake and give it to her so she can get out of my face. She knows she don't like me. I don't know why she's asking me to bake a cake for the birthday party anyway. Let me just bake it and get it back to her so she can, you know, phony. No, no, that was not David. If, if, if David's assignment was to bake a cake for Saul, best believe David became Martha Stewart just to give that cake back, okay, in excellence and successfully. Uh, um, David had enough sense to flee and escape when it was time, but he also allowed um, God to intervene on his behalf. He didn't take matters into his own hands. He allowed God to be God, and he said, you intervene for me. You speak for me. You protect me. You defend me. And a lot of times, and I've been here, we want to be proven right. A lot of times, we want to be the one 
that can watch and say, see, you were wrong for mistreating me, and that's why you're getting that back. And I told you so. You should have known I was for you when I was for you, and uh, now you're lost. Aha. You know, but God is the one who vindicates, and God is the one who protects, and God is the one who defends, and God is also the one, this is what we can't wait for when it comes to a hater, God is the one to speak for us. Because as long as we're talking about our haters or our our stalls to other people, we are speaking for ourselves. And the only thing we get out of that is satisfaction of itching ears from another person. When What does that mean? It's not going to last. That satisfaction is not going to last. Because what's going to happen is you get satisfied for the moment and Saul is going to do something else to burn your buns. What are you going to do? Keep going back and forth. Now you become a gossip. Now you've engaged in their game. The best thing to do is to close your mouth and say, God, I'm going to let you speak for me. Because when he speaks for you, he speaks in front of everybody. The thing I love about God, when he corrects, when he blesses, he does it in front of everybody so that everyone watching knows that you were on the right side and that God is on your side. That's why you have to let God speak to you. He has to speak uh, for you, okay? And that is uh, all I want to give you today because I know we have um, days to fulfill and we got a lot of things going on, but that is what I wanted to share with you today. There is a difference between Saul and David. And if you notice that you have a Saul that is trying to assassinate you, he's coming after that that he or that she or that spirit is coming after your character. And the moment you act out of character is the moment God has to say, okay, let me put you back in character, and then I'll go ahead and finish doing what I was doing to make you king and make everybody see that I was on your side and you were on mine. We don't have time, okay? You look at what's going on in the world, and if you're tuned in to, you know, what's going on in the spirit realm, we do not have time to waste. We don't have time to play these kinds of games with Saul. But a lot of people are focused on um, what it is that a Saul is doing because when at the end of the day it does hurt. I'm giving you everything I've got. And you you ought to believe that I'm for you. And instead, you're going to turn around and hate me, try to kill me, ruin my name and my reputation as if we never had nothing, as if there was never any love from the gate. As a matter of fact, I know what you're doing, and I'm still here for you. I'm still getting the evil off of you. I'm still here to serve you. I'm still here to cover you. I'm still here. And this is what you do. It hurts. But we can't allow it to distract us. And furthermore, make us uh, become somebody that we were never called to be. If you are called to be king, then you have to stay king at all times. If you're called to be the one who replaces the supervisor, then you have to remain 
the supervisor at all times. That is why they're looking at you, because you're not only doing the job, but you're doing the job with excellence, whereas they're doing the job just to piss you off, excuse my French, just to make you mad. And they don't even realize that the motive that they have behind doing the job is seen and is causing the work to suffer. So there is a replacement. And you don't want to become Saul because you don't want to be replaced. So um, he did have a Samuel to talk to, and he did have a Jonathan to talk to. If you need some people to talk to, get some people who are going to be wise, who are not going to be like the servants. Yeah, because you know what? I thought so. But I, and, and, and I remember when one time I knew her or I knew him and they did this to me. You know, you got to get somebody that's going to help you and, and instruct you on how to move and how to be and how to act in character. Get around people that are going to help you stay in character, who has God's agenda on their heart for you. Because that, that's what Samuel was, and that's what Jonathan was. Jonathan was Saul's son, but he also knew that David was going to be king. And Jonathan told David, uh, when you become king, I'm serving you. Now, how is that? Because Jonathan, uh, uh, rightfully so, was next in line. If his father, if you know how it goes, if a king dies, their child is next in line to reign. That's why they always wanted sons. Because they wanted another king to reign. Now here it is, Jonathan knows he's going to be skipped over, and he still wants to serve the one who's going to skip him over. But he couldn't be king because when Saul gave an order not to kill, he went out and he killed. So again, he was like his daddy. I want to do what I want to do more than I want to do what you want me to do. Okay? So I want to pray for you because some of us may be dealing with the spirit of Saul, the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of envy, the spirit of um, covetousness, the spirit of treachery and deceit. So I want to pray for you that your character remains strong. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love and kindness and your tender mercies, oh God. We thank you for being God and God alone. We thank you for being the author and finisher of our faith. We thank you for being the one and only true living God that was, is, and will forever be. We love you today and we honor you. And we come touching and agreeing in the name of Jesus, thanking you in faith, in hope, oh God, in faith, knowing that you are the only one who has the answer to everything that we need, oh God. We um, seek you today for strength, your strength, not our strength, oh God, but for your strength to remain in character, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. You have called us to great places, oh Lord. You have called us to higher heights. You have called us to deeper depths. You have called us to do things that have never been done, to go places that are fear of influence have never been, oh God, but we are in need of you to help us to remain humble, to help us to remain wise, to help us to remain respectful, to help us remain in character, oh God, for surely you saw yourself in us, oh God, and that is why you have called us to this place, that is why you have called us to promotion, that is why you have called us to advance, that is why you have called us to be exalted from a humble place, it's because you have 
God. And we thank you for placing your heart in our hearts, oh God, so that we would not be ugly. We thank you for placing the mind of Christ Jesus in our minds so that we would not think ugly. But God, we are in need of you to help us maintain because our hearts and our minds are affected by those who come against us in ugly ways, oh God. And we desire not to slip down the spirally slope of uh, uh, hate, of of jealousy, of envy. But we want to remain where we are, oh God. We want to remain humble. We want to remain respectful. We want to remain fulfilling everything, every assignment in excellence. We want to make sure that we operate and function in front of their faces and behind their backs in excellence, oh God. We want to remain who you've called us to be, no matter who we're facing, no matter what they're throwing at us, oh God. Help us to do just that, and help us to not turn to other people just to talk about them, but give us give us our Samuel and give us our Jonathan so that we can gain wise and godly counsel as to what to do to remain in character, not what to do about them, but what to do to remain in character, oh God. And as you continue to move us into position, we ask that we never become like Saul. Don't allow us to want the praise so much that we seek to kill somebody. In the name of Jesus, whether we kill them with our words or kill them with a reassignment or kill them in any in any kind of way, with hate, with jealousy, God help us. Help us to be mindful that we're not each other's enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, help us, help David to be mindful that it is our job to pray. And, and help our, our fellow man be delivered from the evil influence. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we are in need of you. We know that our place and our spot is secure, but we want to be secure in that place, in that spot. We want to be secure while we're going to that place, while we're going to that spot, oh God. Help us to always remain us from start to finish. Help us to behave wisely in in all instances, oh Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are in need of you to help us hold on to our character, no matter who we're facing and no matter what they're throwing at us, oh Lord. Remind us of the purpose that you have in front of us so that we won't succumb to being like Saul. In the mighty name of Jesus, stand guard at all of our gates and see to it that no matter what and no matter who, we will never become somebody you have not called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we take root in you, O oh God. We allow your strength to come and be uh, our, our strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, for we are weak in those places, O oh God, and we are tired of people poking us and pushing us around. But help us to be mindful that a poke and a push is nothing compared to the purpose you've called us to. In the name of Jesus, God, we love you, and we know it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, if you're just joining the call, I was a little late this morning getting on the line, but that was because uh, the phone, I was, my home phone was in my purse. I do not intend to be late next week. I want you, David, to go out there and be David. Because I'm being David too, okay? I love you. And um, God bless you and keep you.
and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.